We welcome you to the Romantic Truth Podcast. The content of this podcast is intended for an adult audience due to the nature of sensitive subject matter and topics. Share the experience of Romantic Truth with friends on Google, CastBox, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Radio Public, Breakers, Apple, or any other podcast platform. Just type in Romantic Truth in the search and subscribe. Now, here is the host of Romantic Truth, Jowson. Hi everyone, Jowson with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. I want to talk about something that has come up recently. Uh, Many of you may not be aware, but there was a situation in California a few years ago about a lady who was uh, thought to be abducted against her own will. Now, she was from Redding, California. And what was supposed to have happened in this particular ordeal? She was supposed to have been abducted. And from what she said was that she was abducted by two Hispanic or Latin women. Now, what had happened was she was missing for a considerable amount of time. And people thought that this mother was definitely abducted by someone. And usually the assumption would be a male. She had a husband, she had children. She was a very attractive woman, blonde hair, blue eyes. And she had stayed down with her boyfriend, who was an ex, for two months. Now, the premise for her doing this was to tell him, the boyfriend, or ex-boyfriend, I should say, that her husband was abusing her, raping her, etc., etc. So, of course, he lent an ear, allowed her to come down. She moved in with him for about two weeks. Everything seemed to have been going pretty well. Then she cut her hair, cut it pretty much all off, or in some kind of unfashionable form, because she had beautiful long hair. And then she beat herself up and asked him to go to the Hobby Lobby and get a branding iron and asked him to brand her. And he did so foolishly. Now, after this occurred, she shows back up, found by the police, receiving all kind of accolades of being a survivor, being a strong woman, you name it. Even got $30,000 from a fund that's set up for women who had been abused, abducted. And this is hard-earned money that many of these people who have to go out and raise this money, being that I worked in PBS at the Public Broadcasting Service, that was my job in development, was to help fundraise. And those of you who have knowledge of working in a nonprofit environment, it is very difficult to get contributions. So, of course, these dollars mean a lot to these organizations, whether state-funded or not. Well, what happened here was she apparently took the money, 
$30,000. And of course, the Shasta Police Department also had the FBI to help them in the investigation. Wanted to find out who these women were that were claimed to have abducted her and treated her this way. Well, the FBI did their investigation and found out that it was a fraud. The woman had done this herself. They had been smulleted. So, what does this mean? This means now that she's been found out, she's objecting to having an ankle monitor. She's objecting to being held accountable for her actions. Now, I want you to think about this. During this time, law enforcement had to spend resources looking for her. Family worried sick about her, husband and children. Other people in the community in the same mindset, afraid that someone is going out there abducting people. And of course, that makes a lot of heightened awareness. Now, the interesting thing is this. The boyfriend apparently is cooperating, explaining what had occurred and his participation in this scheme. Unfortunately, there are no winners here. Because if you really think about it, can she be trusted in a relationship again? And of course, the proverbial question for people is to why did she do this? Is there some sort of clandestine fantasy? But why would you have to orchestrate a lie like this if you wanted to cheat on your husband? She could have done like many people do all the time. Say you're going to see a relative. Say you're going on a business trip. Anything but what she's done. Now, I don't condone cheating on a partner by no stretch. Nobody likes to be cheated on, for the most part. So, in this incident, what you can only assess is that she had a reckless abandon for anyone. She didn't care, not even about herself. To beat yourself up, cut your hair off, and construct this light and brand yourself in order to try to make people believe what you've orchestrated, that's a bit much, don't you think? Why couldn't she just go to her husband and say, hey, I think we need to have an open marriage and I could go down and be with my boyfriend, my ex-boyfriend. Probably wouldn't have flown over too well. But if you look at it, she deceived her husband and she deceived the ex-boyfriend initially. Men, these are the kind of women you have to watch out for. The reason why I say this more so than anything is because only thing she had to do, especially if he was in a minority, was to say she was raped by this gentleman. Even if you had consensual sex, that's enough to put you under the microscope. This is what you really have to examine and you really have to watch. Now, I'm watching this case on Court TV and seeing how it's going to pan out in the future. But as you can see, the premise of her relationship with this ex was based on a lie. 
guys, I will tell you, they will always, in most cases, believe the woman. And this is where you have to be extremely careful. She will bring anything to your doorstep. And this is what I'm saying, fellas. A woman can bring more things to your doorstep than you can bring to hers. They could bring dysfunction, familial problems, bipolar disorder, everything under the sun to your doorstep. Children, poverty, criminal record, everything. Some man will accept her. It is less likely as you as a man being accepted by a woman so readily. Because she realizes she doesn't have to stoop as low for a man as a man does for a woman. I had one friend of mine that used to always tell me in Los Angeles. And this was the same friend that used to sleep around with several men and get her way with things. She used to always tell me if things ever got hard for me, the only thing I have to do is put on a cocktail dress and high heels. I got a place to stay. I got food in my stomach. I got clothes on my back. I got money in my purse. And then she told me, she said, for a guy like you, she said, just because you're a man, nobody takes care of you like that. She had a valid point. She says, you're not going to find too many women that are going to take care of you. But I can always find a man to take care of me. Now, that was a harsh reality, but it was true. And you have some women who use that as their credo. So they don't worry so much about measuring up. They don't worry about paying attention to detail. They don't worry about the things that most women with integrity and dignity would. Which means that it really would illustrate the type of partner you would have in your life based on her actions and her behavior. Now, we don't really like looking at this this way because it kind of points a finger, points some people out. But this is what you have to do in order to maintain a level of stability in your own existence. I've seen guys date women and had to pay for their lawyer because they had court dates. I remember one lady in particular that a friend of mine was dating. She owed child support. She had given custody of her children to her ex-boyfriend because she still wanted to be free, single, and out there. And she didn't want the responsibility of motherhood. She had the children because she was pro-life. But after she did that, she said, well, you know, I don't want these little characters around the house. She gave them over to the biological father so that she could date guys like my friend at the time. Of course, she didn't tell him that she had lost custody or given up custody of those children. That would have made her look like a bad woman. Remember the X factor I always talk about in relationships where you have to find out exactly what's going on with that person and they don't tell you until they're willing and until the time is right or they may not tell you at all. Well, 
This is what she did with him after she got comfortable and moved in with him and started getting mail at the house and all these other things and started getting keys to his car until he bought her a hoopty to drive around in. She revealed to him that reality because he was going to find out anyway. But she wanted to control how he found out. And that's the key with folks like these. They may think it's not important for you, and it could very well be important. But from their perspective, it will ruin what they already have. So why tell you? They will come out better keeping silent. Because in that way, as long as they keep their mouth shut, there are no problems as they see it. Let them find out. Now, of course, there's some obvious things that people may find out about a person. Criminal record, marital status, and those kind of things. But most people are not going to pay the money to go and do a skip search on people. They're just going to go maybe Google, go on Facebook, or some social media platform to find out more about them. And what's interesting about this, even have people who are innocent and because somebody may have a beef with them of some sort, they will start doxing them. Screenshots of addresses, of places people live, different things like that, and putting it out there, trying to embarrass them, trying to shame them. Fabricating things such as This person has children when they don't. They do this deliberately for sabotage. These are the cowards that would hide in the shadows. And when it comes to the reality of things, they never want to face it, including accountability and responsibility. They like the clandestine approach to life. Now, the sad truth about this is These people feel as though they're entitled to do this. Just like, in so many ways, that woman that I talked about earlier may felt as though she was entitled to do what she did with her husband and family for the gratification of being with her ex-boyfriend for two months. Now, we're going to talk more about this in the next segment. And what are we talking about? relationship fatigue many of us experience that when you're tired of certain things about the partner same old same old stay tuned now one of the biggest challenges in a relationship of course, is keeping the relationship viable. Whether it's spicing it up and avoiding the drone of routine where things become oversimplified, very boring, and therefore where the person is starting to lose interest. One of the two parties or both parties. It's just like when you go and you eat the same cereal every day. You may put fruits in it one day. You may put nuts in it the next day. You may mix it up with another brand of cereal. 
but you're still having a consistent commitment to that cereal. You're just modifying it a bit to make it more palatable. Well, relationships are the same way. You know, there are some relationships where they start out with sex, and a lot of women don't want to start out hot and heavy with sex because they feel as though it's a finite proposition. We're only going to do so many things in so many positions, and then it's going to get boring. So therefore, let's prolong that by not having sex so much and starting the relationship off in a more of a paced manner. So as we go through these sexual experiences, they're more enjoyable, they're more meaningful. Now, there's nothing wrong with that strategy. It's a traditional strategy. The only problem is, and I've seen this happen many a times, where some women will think something's a nuance when it's kind of old hat. Oral sex is a prime example. There's some older women that may think that's something new because, oh, they didn't do it with their husband that they've been married to for 20, 30 years, but they're going to try it with the new guy. And of course, they have turned a corner as they see it on the sexual experience. Well, the guy who's already had that done by other women will look at it as, hey, you know what? Been there, done that. What else is next? Now, the other thing, too, is that a lot of times people will try to spice their relationships up indirectly. So instead of involving another party, they may do something like, for instance, you may have it where the woman is at home, the guy is out bowling with his friends or working overtime or watching a sports event or something of that sort without her. She may decide to go out and have a wonderful time with her girlfriends, ladies' night out. And so she may dress to the nines in her cocktail dress and high heels and go out there and have a wonderful time. And see, the whole thing comes down to her ambition, of course, is to make her husband miss her dressed up so that when she gets home, she's the package. He's going to enjoy her. So he may look and say, oh, baby, you look nice. And she says, oh, yeah, me and the girls are just going out for a few drinks. Happy hour. She goes out. And she may encounter a gentleman that may really be the kind of guy that she wish in some recesses of her mind she could have been with before her husband. And he may have a very charming and entertaining interaction with her. And intellectually, she's stimulated by him. And she could very well see herself and envision herself in a relationship with him emotionally. But she has to catch herself. And she lets him know, of course, with a wedding band on, I'm married. And the reason why she does that is twofold. One, to tell him she's married so that he won't advance. Two, to protect her from advancing on him as well, as a reminder. Because sometimes what will happen Things will flow so smoothly that she may set that marital commitment aside for her own gratification. Now, the thing is, she may have a wonderful time with this gentleman and take from him him some of the characteristics that she would like to see in her man and maybe convey it on to him. And the way she may do this is when she comes home, she may decide to try a new sexual position, try doing some things to him sexually that she would have liked to have done to that gentleman that aroused her. 
this is the dynamic you get a lot of times when women go to strip clubs, they come back, and they're going to really lay it on their men. Now, here's the other thing, too. During this time, she's aroused. So that saves him time, the husband or boyfriend, on foreplay and those kind of things because she's already wet and ready to go. Now, the thing is, if he's non-responsive, she then feels disappointed and understands that, hey, you know, that high that I had coming home was what I would like to have all the time. And she'll try diligently to kind of get him to that point. He just may not be there. And it could be a lot of things. It could be emotional things, something that's on his mind at work, those kind of things that distract him. Now, the interesting thing is this. She may like that experience that she had with that gentleman. Goes out with her girlfriends again. And this time around, she may dance with him. She might not have danced with him the first time. But she sees the guy at this establishment again. This time she's dancing with him. She knows him by his first name. She feels more comfortable with him. She's not as guarded as she would have been when she first started, when she first got there. Now she has an ally. And with this, a lot of times women will create a bond with this person. Not something that's uh, physical, something that's platonic. But she knows that it would not take much for her to turn that corner with him because every time she interacts with him, She's more and more attracted to it. Now, she's trying to do this to keep herself from actually going over the edge with her husband because she sees what she would like in her husband, but it's in this other man. And she's trying to impose this onto her husband or boyfriend. And the husband or boyfriend likes the way things are. And of course this poses a problem. Now, some women will resign to the fact of saying, well, I'm married. Let me just take all this stuff off and just be with him and watch the television as he does. Others may say, to hell with this. I'm going to have a new life outside of the house. Now, the danger for many married women and women that are in committed relationships is they may start keying on this guy. They like him a lot. And he may advance the situation a little bit quicker than she expects. But her resistance is very low because she really likes this guy. But the only thing that's keeping her is her commitment to her husband. In other words, it comes down to a sheet of paper at that point. And it's very difficult because women are very slow to cheat most are at least that are in committed relationships so what will happen then she will get to a point where she will start putting up obstacles for him so that is no possible way he would have a chance at her I love my husband we've been together for so many years etc etc well he knows not to push the accelerator but here's the thing when he takes his foot off the accelerator and is not pursuing her as much She likes that pursuit, so guess what she does? She slows down a bit so he can catch up. And she gets to a point where 
she may break it off with him in the sense that she brings the conversation back to the group of she and her girlfriends. So in that way, by doing that, she doesn't feel isolated and she still feels as though she's within the realm of redemption because she hasn't really cheated. Now, depending on her girlfriends, and this is the reason why, fellas, I will tell you, girlfriends have a large influence on women. If they have any inkling that she's being neglected emotionally or abused, they will be more empathetic to her if she chooses to be with this man. Now, she has some friends that may be moralists, and these moralists, they have no exceptions for infidelity, while others do, and they will make the caveat for that. Whatever you do, that's on you, that's your business, we have nothing to say about it. Just don't involve us. Now, it's not uncommon for them to have protective friends. Those protective friends are going to say, you know, she's married. I know her husband, that kind of thing, in order to put up a barrier so that it's to protect her. Others will be complicit, especially if this woman is like the leader of the pack, so to speak, the one that attracts all the guys. They're going to want her to go out with them all the time. Now, let's inverse this and have the man going out, the woman at home feeling emotionally neglected or abandoned. He's out there with his buddies. They're going to the bar. There are girls walking around in football jerseys and bikinis. And they're serving drinks. He's having a good time. These women are coming in very salacious. And he's trying to, of course, make sure that he's noticed by certain attractive women to stroke his ego. And his plan is to go home and make love to his wife now she may be elated by this because oh he's coming home and he's into me and he was stimulated by what was going on with the other woman however it could very well be a situation where he's ready to get down and get busy and the wife is like or the girlfriend's like well you know I gotta watch my show tonight so you know we're gonna do anything that's gonna get it done they get into the bed. She pulls up a house coat. He does his business. She pulls down her house coat, goes to the bathroom, drains herself, and watches her television show. Now, at this point, remember I told you about obligatory sex? This is what that kind of sex is. She's not really into it. She just wants her to get to a show. She knows she has a, a wifely duty or a girlfriendly duty to just go and make her man happy and she does so without really expecting any gratification now other things that women will do they'll buy lingerie they'll listen to their girlfriends they'll watch porn and these kind of things to see some of the things that these women are doing in order to retain the relationship with their husband so she may go out and do these things with her husband intimately husband really likes it she may not like what she's engaging in, but she's doing it because it's for his benefit. And a lot of men overlook this because if she was timid about oral sex, about anal sex, or about doing other things, then he has to understand that 
At this point, she's sharing something with him that she may be out of her comfort zone on, but she looks at it for his benefit as well as hers to retain the relationship. The problem with intimacy in relationships is that usually when you start having sex, you're going to try to go and do everything at one time instead of trying to establish norms. Then you'll realize there are certain positions that work well for you guys where you both can enjoy yourselves. And the thing is, once that's been established and you know each other's body, things work a lot smoother. Foreplay is less because you know exactly what to do going in and therefore the exhilaration of the sexual experience is a little bit longer, a little bit more sustained. But some people think that, oh, if you do it too much, that's going to ruin the moment. Well, for some couples, it doesn't. For others, it does. Now, here's the thing. Some women will just go and saturate their man with sex all the time. And they do this to keep him happy. And he may like this. There are other men that are saying, okay, well, you know, we're not going to go there. Now, the problem with this is that if the woman is ready to go and the guy is underperforming or not performing, we're not talking ED or anything like that, but just genuinely avoiding her. The first thing a woman's going to suspect is that he must be cheating or he must be sleeping with someone else. And of course, one of the things in a marital situation or a long-term relationship is that, oh, he must be sleeping with someone else raw if he doesn't want to touch me. The curiosity starts coming in. This is when the woman starts examining his genitalia to make sure that he doesn't have crabs, he doesn't have any kind of venereal disease, any kind of discharges, those kind of things. She's just curious. Why, is he, why isn't he into me? What am I not doing right? And these women will go and shave themselves. They will do all kinds of things in order to see if this will bring them around. Wear lingerie. Some will even go to the extreme of introducing a third party in the relationship just to see if they can sustain it. And sometimes couples get in trouble doing this. We're going to expound on this in the next segment. Now, one of the things that people will use for arousal is dirty talk during sex. You have to be careful with this. Because both of you may say something to each other that you can't take back. Some women may want you to call them names. Some men may want to call you names. And of course, one question that is usually commonly asked during sex is how does that feel? You always want to ask this question along the way. Make sure the partner is comfortable. Now, the one thing that women fear a lot of is a guy just going in there and just ramrodding in there. And a lot of you young guys do this. You get in there, you get your first girl, and don't let her be older. Because she's already been around 
and she's been with other men, and you're just going in there just just raw dogging it, just trying to tear it up. And she's like, no, no, pace yourself, slow down a bit. Because what she's telling you is she wants to enjoy the moment too. It takes a woman a little bit more time to build up for that orgasm. And when she builds up for it, it's a groundswell of her emotions. Because she's not just giving you her vagina. She's giving you a lot more. Her all. The energy. The thoughts. The passion. The emotion. See, the way women look at us sexually is that we're just in it for the discharge. For that, that money shot. She's in it for more than that. She's in it so that she can enjoy that experience and she can fall in love with you with every stroke. Now, this is different from just having sex with somebody like on a hookup. On a hookup, it's all about the tension. That's all you want to get away from. You want to get rid of that tension. It's like you're working out in a gym and you just want to relax after you have this surge of exercises. So then it's very carnal. It's all about that and that only. But when it involves a relationship such as a marriage, what it involves is a situation where she wants to give her emotions to you as well as her body. Those feelings. She wants to show you how she feels. And the reason why she wants to do this is because she wants you to love her that much more. Because that's the attention she wants. By taking the time, making love to her, kissing her, caressing her, sucking on her breasts, fondling her, playing with the clitoris while you're inside of her. These kind of things stimulate her. And what she wants is that full body stimulation where her mind is engaged, her heart is engaged, her vagina is engaged, and you are hers. So she's willing to say, hey, you know what? I want you to slow down a bit because I want to come with you. Because to a lot of women, that's an important thing. Because when you guys come together, at that point, it's like a sign of unity, solidarity. You both work towards the same goal. One didn't try to outpace the other. And when that happens, you'll find that she's going to act differently. It's really weird how this dynamic works. Because, see, she's already into you. She already loves you. And this is her way of expressing that love, but she wants it reciprocated in real time with you so that the two of you can enjoy that experience. Now, ladies, I will tell you something. Some of you get so carried away that you go call your girlfriend or talk to your girlfriend and tell them how good you were last night and all of how good your man was last night. And that piques the curiosity of those women that are saying, damn, well, if she's bragging about that, I need to have a situation with them. But what they don't understand, and that you do, is that 
the two of you are into each other. She's looking at it from the carnal side of things. He's looking at it, and she, the woman in the relationships, looking at it as, hey, we worked on this and we got it together. Now, most women who are responsible are very confidential about this, and they don't share this with anyone. Even though they're biting their tongue not to tell someone, the reason why they want to do this is because this is their gold mine. This is their secret. This is their man. And see, an attentive guy is going to listen to his woman when she's going to say to the left, oh, let's go in this way. Let's try it in this position. And once she is getting to a point, and fellas, here's the way you know you're doing the right thing with a woman. She's going to screw you back. It's not going to be a thing where you're just pounding away and she's just laying there. It's going to be a situation where she's going to enjoy every stroke as you do and you guys are going to sync up. And then when you start to sync up, at that point, she's ready to kiss you. She's ready to hold you. She's ready to caress you. Because one thing that women like, especially in the missionary position, they like the fact that you both are facing each other. You can suck on her breast. You can kiss her. You can caress and mess around with some of the sensitive areas of her body to make her enjoy that experience. And in this way, she could express her love to you. This is the reason why some women don't like doggy style. They feel as though they're being used because he just got me bent over and he's banging away. And true enough, it feels good, but it doesn't feel so romantic. It feels like we're two animals and he's just trying to get it out of his system. Now, here's the other thing. When she gets to a point of suggesting positions as you guys are in different sexual positions, she's doing this because what she wants to do is to make sure she can get the full benefit of the feeling. And she wants you to also enjoy it as well. This is the reason why a lot of women would like to go and do reverse cowgirl on a guy while he's sitting down. Because what she wants, and while he's laying down, because what she wants to do is she wants to see him, she wants him to see her riding him where he's going inside of her and coming out for this benefit. And she likes to do the look back, ask you if it's okay, do you like it? And then she's going to definitely elongate the strokes. Because with this, she wants you to say, you love me so much and you feel this. And it's not a quick, where he's boom, 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 done. She's taking her time with it. Because one thing you will notice with a woman, when you, the two of you are really in love with each other, you're going to see a lot of eye contact between the two of, you, two of you. A lot of it. Because what happens at that point, she's looking at it, you're the sole focus of what I, my energy right now. And you guys are saying the same thing to her. Now, another thing to keep in mind. A lot of ladies would love to be made love to who have not been in marriages and relationships. They've had sex, but they've never been made love to. And this is, of course, a problem 
in many marriages. This is why a lot of women hate having sex with their husbands and boyfriends. Because this is what they see it as. Now that woman that goes out and meets a charming gentleman, who is a gentleman, who's not interested in just pounding away and that's it, she becomes more engaged with them. Because see, she has to be very, very careful in a situation like that because she knows if she has sex with them and it's good. It's one of those things where she can have that deep orgasm where she'll damn near tell him that she loves him because it's so good. She knows that that's a possibility with this guy. Because women already have it in their head with a man on what they're thinking about him when they meet him. And they show it in their actions. She'll start flirting. She'll make it a point to be in a position where he would always make a comment or where she would ask him a question to let her know, let him know that she's interested in him. She's going to position herself that way. That's what women do. They position themselves in various ways. Like, for instance, guy gets invited to the table. There's a whole bunch of women there. They're all married. And they all are just girls' night out. See, the women who are satisfied at home, it's going to be girls' night out. They don't need any men at their table. The guy comes over, gives them a compliment. They accept it. They don't accept his drinks. They say, thank you, but, you know, we're all out here having fun together. Or if they do accept his drinks, it's a situation where, thank you, we appreciate you, nice meeting you, blah, 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 but we're all committed, we're all happy. They'll let you know that right off the bat. It won't be no if, ands, and buts, or no guessing. The women who are not, they're going to be the ones to invite you in, to sit down interact with them and talk with them and laugh with them because there's an element of their relationship that's missing and they know there's a void but the thing is they're not threatened by you because the way they look at it they have that ring on their finger and you already know they're married and so they'll play that card however the weaker ones won't They're going to admire the moment. They're going to enjoy the moment. They're not going to get so carried away in most instances, but some cases they do. But usually they comport themselves because they don't want to be perceived as loose or cheater or anything like that. Now, one other factor. When a woman tells you, fellas, and you're single, that her man or her boyfriend husband had cheated on you, on them at this point what they're laying out there is I have the option for revenge if I want it that's what they're letting you know subtly I have this option to get my pound of flesh if I so desire see most women who even have gone through that situation but they're still trying to work on their marriages, they're not going to come out and say something like that. They're not going to let you know about, you're not going to get that personal with them. These women only do this when they are ready and considering turning that corner with an extramarital affair. 
you're not just going to openly say, okay, I'm game. It's not going to happen that way. Now, once they leave that door open, they're leaving that door open for a conversation about that situation so that, that she's laying down the runway so that she can unload about her husband or her boyfriend. Now, at this point, what she's doing is she's testing the waters. She's letting you know some personal information about her. Now, this occurs not early in the conversation by no stretch, after she's comfortable with you, after she could envision herself being with you, after she's been stimulated cerebrally with the conversation. At this point, you've piqued her interest. And she's thinking, what would it have been like being with this guy compared to who I'm with? And once she drops the breadcrumbs about how she is not happy in her marriage, but she's going to say it indirectly, she's going to always profess to loving her husband or family. That's going to always be her safe zone. So the thing is, most of you guys will never go and talk about how her husband's a jerk or whatever, even though she says The minute you do that, she's going to become defensive for the husband and family. I know it sounds crazy, but that's the way it is. You stay neutral on that in the conversation. Better vent, because that's what she wants to do. And more than likely, she can't do it around her girlfriends, she can't do it around her friends. Because the relationship has a brand to uphold. So, she may tell you, well, you know, my husband cheated on me, etc., etc. Now, if she has a whole bunch of girlfriends who don't like her husband, they're going to be the amen section of the choir. Well, you know, you don't have to worry about that. Um, Yeah, he's this, he's that, he's a jerk, he's this, he's that, he treats her badly, etc., etc. And a lot of times, these women will let their girlfriends do the talking because she's already primed them to be her advocate. So you're sitting there, you're listening, and they can say the things about him that she won't say. So she keeps her slate clean. But the girlfriends can drag the husband or boyfriend through the mud. And this doesn't make her look bad in the eyes of the guy she's really trying to impress. They're laying out the the narrative of victimhood. And with this, they're hoping that the guy is going to say, well, you know, I'm not like that. I don't treat women like that. Those are the magic words they want to hear. And when they hear these words, then these women are making an assessment. Let's say the guy goes away and he says, hey, it's been a nice evening. Hope you guys have a wonderful time. Gotta go, etc. And he leaves. And one of the girls, not the one that's married or the one that's the subject of his interest, will get his number and hand it to the married woman because they don't want to make it seem so obvious. Married woman could be crazy about it, and she may have her doubts. The girlfriends are saying. Well, you know, girl, you told us that he's, you know, your husband's this, he's that, he's this, and I've seen him do this, this, and that. And they're encouraging her to look out for her best interests. 
Now, they may even get her a, give her an ultimatum. Well, if you don't want him, I'll take him. Nope, give me that number. Puts it in her phone. Now, she knows she has to be very stealthy in her communication. She knows good and well she can't mention his name or mention that she met a man that night when she gets home to her husband or boyfriend. So how was it, honey? Oh, we had a wonderful time, dear. You know, these girls are crazy. And there were some guys that came over and tried talking to the other girls. But, you know, it's one of those things. And I told them, hey, I'm married. I'm happily married. And so the husband or boyfriend just goes and says, okay. And he believes them. Now, at this point, she's going to try to implement some of the things that this guy has onto him. Honey, you know, maybe you should wear more collared shirts instead of t-shirts. Maybe we should go to the gym together and try to work out. What she's doing at this point is trying to motivate him to be more like the guy that she's attracted to. We'll talk more. Now, when it comes down to the man who has the wife that's ready to watch her movie or her show, Lifetime, you name it, and she's not in the mood. For some reason, she may be going through that period in her life where she's not interested in sex no more. She's kind of over it. She's not depressed, but she's at a point where She's kind of tired and worn out based on the routine. And so she doesn't feel like putting on high heels. She doesn't feel like dressing up. And she's a homebody. She just wants to be at home, wants husband to stay at home, boyfriend to stay at home. He's ready to take her out and go places. She doesn't want to go. And so he may slow himself down. His buddies invites him to a bar and they go to watch the football game, whatever game it is. And he gets to the bar and these women are walking around and he's checking out the goods, but he knows good and well. He's married, he's not going to do anything. He's wearing his wedding band and he's happy, at least on the surface. But he sees a woman that he wishes his wife was like. She may be more sports-oriented. She's wearing a football jersey and blue jeans, and she looks good in those blue jeans. She's got her makeup on, hair done, etc., etc. And he's thinking to himself, damn, I wish my wife looked like that. I wish we had the same interest where she could come out and look like this. And, of course, he wants to kind of get the attention of the woman. And so he may start talking with her about sports. And she may know a lot about sports. And he may make the comment, you know, I wish you could meet my wife. Now, it's counterintuitive for some guys. Because they're trying to move on her by themselves. But he may feel as though, by meeting this woman and introducing to his wife, 
then this would be an incentive for her to do better, especially if she is with another guy. Where the guy has already worked out a public relations thing with him by talking about sports, and all three of them are maybe rooting for the same team or maybe adversaries. But where he could ask the guy, hey, got a question for you. How did you guys uh, get into sports? Oh, I love sports. And I taught her about sports and she really took off and now she knows more than I do about the game. And he may want to have some pointers. And what happens then, he may try to come back home and say, honey, we had a good time. Oh, great, dear. And he's like, yeah. He says, you know, um, Maybe you should come down to the bar with me and, you know, wear our jerseys and maybe wear a little makeup. And I don't feel like doing Well, next time. So next week comes around and he's hounded her and finally she goes and puts on a little makeup. He buys her a football jersey, puts on some nice jeans, and she shows up. Now, when she shows up and sees the other woman, she's going to think, huh, okay, now I see why he's been coming to the bar. Let me get into this competition. Now, with this, she has tabs on him. And not only that, she realizes what competition is out there. And what happens, she may start to gain an interest in the sports. She may not be genuinely into it. She may still love her lifetime movie channels. Who knows? She and the other lady that he met at the bar may start talking about certain shows, certain actors, and those kind of things. Creating a bond. And she's educating her about the sports. Getting her into that interest. Now, she feels more appreciated. She feels as though she's not being left at home anymore. She's part of the team. Now, will she do this every weekend? Probably not. But the thing is, now she knows what's out there and what he's dealing with. And so with that, she's less threatened. And then it's not uncommon for her to ask to go out there because she knows she feels pretty. She's going to be admired by the men. She's going to be looked upon the same way. And that makes the difference. Now, also what happens, create new friends, have a barbecue during the summer, pool party or whatever. Now it seems as though things are going to go a little bit more smoother between the two of them. And she's going to realize, hell, I don't have to spend all my time alone watching movies. I can use the DVR and I can spend time with my husband. Now, with the men, inverse, let's inverse this. The women are going out, having fun, doing their things on girls' night, ladies' night out. And she may get tired of that and want to spend more time with her husband because she finds herself kind of drifting off into the eyes of this gentleman that frequents the same establishment when they do. And in order to avoid any kind of infidelity, because she is not too far away from doing that, she says, well, let me reel everything in and be a little bit more practical about 
who I need to be with and what I need to do. And so when she does, she invites him out on girls' night. Now, some of the women may not like this because they will start a trend where they all would have to bring their man out and they'd have to modify their behavior in the process. And therefore, she may be the party pooper. So what may happen is only a select few of them may all go out as a couple and the rest of them may stay at home. Now, with this, He'll see what the competition is, what the guys are, what's going on, that kind of thing. But he may feel uncomfortable because he's around a lot of women and women talk a lot, laughing and joking and those kind of things. And he may feel a little bit more uncomfortable. And the reason for that is because it might be out of his scope. Just like football was out of the lady scope, chittering and chatting and gossiping may be out of theirs. And so the women will have to comport their conversations. They can't talk about whose marriage is in trouble and all the rest of this stuff. They may talk more on celebrity gossip, that kind of thing. And he may interject a few things in order to feel like a good sport. All of this, folks, is compromise. That's what it all comes down to. And this is what will help you sustain your relationship. Going into your neutral corners, she's watching Lifetime. He's watching a football game. He's in the back den. She's in the living room. That's not helping the situation. There's some couples who deliberately have only one TV to share the remote. And they coincide with the scheduling of what they like as far as a mutual couple, as far as shows. And they will watch them. There was one lady that I dated years ago. We used to always watch Real Housewives, the whole series, different ones. We used to watch Love and Hip Hop. And we were able to carry on conversations about that. Because, see, that interaction helps a lot so that when you get to the bedroom you'll be surprised some of the parallels you can make or you start talking about a certain scene in a movie or a certain football play you know or she might say something like okay my legs are open make sure you put the ball through the uprights that kind of thing in your windows these are all little touches that can help. Some people may go and role play. I remember one couple wrote me. It was kind of funny. The lady dressed up as a female sheep in this costume. And the guy dressed up as a bunny rabbit. And they had the whole headpiece and everything. And when they had sex, they... <laughs> They look ridiculous. They sent me a photo. They Not a photo of them having sex, but a photo of them dressed as they were. And it looked hilarious. And some couples will do this to make sure they spice up their marriages. Others may go externally. A lot of couples prefer not to do this, and rightly so. 
they don't want to introduce another party into their relationship, there could be problems because don't forget, according to some minds of thought, everybody has seven issues to deal with right off the bat. So you'll have 14 between two people. Can you imagine having 21 by having three people in or another couple at 28? So you want to minimize that particular headache if you can. Now, what I'm telling you are things that I've worked through in relationships. And they do work. But it all comes down to compromise. Not guilt, not shame, not blame. I don't go nowhere. And it's your fault. You never have any money to take me anywhere. You ought to feel ashamed of yourself having me sit here and we're just sitting here watching a damn video game and we're not out doing something. You have to diversify. Spontaneity is another thing. Fellas, don't be afraid to take your woman one day from work like I used to do and say, hey, let's go. Well, where are we going, honey? I got to go home and I got to shower. No, you don't. But I'm wearing my work clothes. Well, that's okay. We'll buy new ones when we go down to wherever. Well, where are we going to stay? Oh, don't worry about that. Have a hotel room set up. And then, well, what are we going to do today? Well, we're going to go shopping. Then we're going to go on a stroll on the beach. Then we're going to have a nice dinner with some wine. We're going to watch the sunset. And we're going to have a romantic evening together. We're going to take pictures and video of us having a wonderful time. Those are precious moments that she doesn't forget. She likes, women like being whisked away on trips. It doesn't have to be nothing expensive, but just something where it promotes intimacy, spontaneity, and fun for the both of you. Now, the one thing to keep in mind, as you do these things with your partner, it also builds competition. When your partner says, no, I'm not going to let him get me like this, I got something for him. I remember one day I just picked Monica up and just whisked her off to San Diego. We had a wonderful weekend. She says, no, I'm going to really get him for this. So, she had a limousine picking up at work. Went out to Santa Monica Airport. Took a flight to New York. Had a wonderful weekend. All unplanned. Spontaneous. She got me back, though. Damn it. Because I tried to surprise her. We tried to out-surprise each other. And it was a good thing. It was a good feeling. It brought us a lot closer as a couple we were able to do silly things some of you couples even have fart contests in the bed no you do and it's okay it's all in fun all in civility you guys have your own ways of doing things I remember one time in particular lady I dated, she was deathly afraid of farting in front of me. And one day, I'll never forget it, 
we were eating dinner. And she started laughing because I told her joke. And she let one out. And I mean, it was dead silence in the restaurant because that sucker was loud. It was like a surround sound. And she was like, you made me laugh. You made me fart. And I told her, I said, you better cover your face up. And I went and put the napkin over my nose because I knew what was coming next. But it happens. And when that person relaxes, and guys, I will tell you this, when a woman starts farting around you, she's comfortable with you. There's nothing wrong with that. And usually, most women won't do it until after they've been with you a while. You have others, they're going to start out that way, and that's the way it's going to be. But in any case, hope some of these things will help you along the way. Take care. All right, let's go into the mailbag here from Jeanette out of Aurora, Colorado. You will not believe what has happened to me. And please put this on your podcast. I have to tell everybody this. I'm 28 years old. The guy I was with was 23. I thought younger men had stamina. Don't you know this bastard fell asleep on me between my legs while we were having sex? Literally passed the hell out on my chest. I thought he was joking at first. There was no joke. Two strokes and this guy was out. Started snoring and slobbering on my breast. Made me sick. I pushed him off of me. He rolled over in the bed and still stayed asleep. At first I thought something was wrong with him. I thought there was a medical condition. But no, he was snoring. He was totally out of it. I laid up in the bed naked, frustrated. I had a glass of wine and just looked at him sleep. This bastard slept until the next morning. Woke up, took a shower and wanted to go downstairs for breakfast. And I asked him, did you forget something? He said, no. I took my shower and I couldn't believe this guy totally ignored the fact that he fell asleep on me last night. I told him about what he did. He apologized, said it wouldn't happen again. I wasn't gonna give him a second chance. We were supposed to stay there for the full weekend I decided to cut it short. We went home, he was still confused, and today he called me up asking would I like to go on another road trip with him. The answer, of course, is hell no. What do you think caused this to happen? Are young men that lame? Hard to say, but I will tell you this. um, I think he was tired. If he did the driving or something like that, probably so there's a high probability yes that he was tired now here's the thing I'm going to let you in on something there's some people who preempt sex by saying if I fall asleep I don't like to be woken up 
And in this regard, what they're telling you is, I'm going to fall asleep and I don't plan on having sex with you. In this case, I don't think it was that deliberate. I think this guy was probably dead tired. And God knows what he probably did in order to prepare for you. And what he did, he probably exhausted himself before he even got with you. Some young men do this. Now, many older women who are dealing with younger men, they will tell the guy, okay, first thing we're going to do, we're going to have sex real quick so you can hurry up and get this out of you. And then after that, we're going to slow it down on the second time, and we're going to do it for me. Some women will do that, especially if they're cougars and been around young men for a while. They know how to do this. Others are going to complain and get upset because the guy is going too hard, he's going too fast. And usually a lot of these women will wind up very sore, especially if they've come out of a divorce or been a widow and hadn't had sex in a while. Now, ladies, let me tell you something. The first time you have sex with a man, the best time that I've been told by women that they like the sex is when he first slides in. Now, after he gets in, that's when the adjustment and everything else has to be done so you won't you know, be in a painful situation or where it won't be an awkward situation where you guys are kind of in a weird uh, configuration for sex. You're trying to fill each other out. Usually the first time you have sex, you're trying to do all of that. Trying to work out the kinks. Second time, you kind of got it a little bit better. But on the third time you have sex, you kind of know what you're doing. Everybody's in their place. Everybody's working as they should. So the main thing is don't predicate everything on the first sexual experience with them because usually that first time you'd have to get adjusted. Now, in this case, with this young lady and this gentleman, I don't know what the hell happened. I think more than likely he was tired and overexpended himself before he actually got involved. Okay, let's go on to the next one. Rudolph, out of Fort Myers, Florida, writes the following. I went on a date with a girl recently, and it seems like everything went at 100 miles an hour. We met on match, but the problem was she told me that it took time for me to get to know her and it was going to take time before she introduced me to her family. It was going to take time before we had sex. Those were several of the biggest lies she ever told. Our first date consisted of us going out to dinner, then going over to her parents' house and meeting everybody in the family. Well, it came down to us saying our goodbyes. Her sister came up to me, gave me a hug, and let me tell you, that was the best hug I've ever had. That woman felt really good. She kind of took notice that her sister was still holding on to me for an extended period of time. And I'm sure she was upset. She was 19, my girl was 23. And she cleared her throat, and then her sister let go of me. After that experience, I knew good and well, the sister's probably going to be the one for me. After I dropped her off at her place, she made mention of how her sister really liked me, even though she talked about the whole family. 
And she said, I have to keep an eye on my sister, jokingly. Now, the interesting thing is this. Today, I got a phone call from her sister asking me how did I enjoy meeting the family. Told her it was a wonderful time. And she says, yes, well, you must come over and visit me sometimes as well. I didn't know how to take this, and I didn't know if my girl knew about this, so I didn't say anything. My girl called me up and asked me, when would I be available to go over her sister's house because we're going to have pizza and play some games? I told her probably this coming weekend. And she said, great. Where I'm confused is, do you think she and her sister are coordinating this, or is this something that the sister is doing by herself? I'm kind of confused on this because I don't want to misstep. Rudolph, what's happening here is sister is making a play for you behind the table. She's telling her sister to invite you over for pizza and everything, but what it comes down to, the sister wants to see you. Even though your girl joked about her sister, trust me, she's keeping an eye on her sister. I guarantee you this has happened before, where the sister tried to make moves on older sister's vein. Just keep yourself with your nose clean. If anybody makes inappropriate moves, let it be the sister, not you. Because see, the sister can easily be forgiven by your girl. You cannot, because you're not family. Now, what I expect to happen in this situation Sister's going to contact you more often. And then she's probably going to tell you some things that are embarrassing about your girl. Expect that to happen. Families sometimes do that when they want to sabotage situations. I think that there's a rivalry going on and it pre-existed you. But for right now, just play it simple and by ear. Don't show your hand. Okay. Oh, Liza. L-I-Z-Z-A. And she is out of Medford, Massachusetts. She writes the following. I'm a retired school teacher. And what I'm having a problem with now at 58 years of age is... One of my former students, who's 25, has a crush on me. He has written me several times love letters, and I'm flattered by this. He knows I'm divorced. He knows that I have two children that are in college. And in some ways, I'm kind of enamored by him. He comes across very serious and very sincere but very sweet. He writes me poems, and I love them. He sent me chocolates for Valentine's Day. I thank him. When I talk to him on the phone, it's as if I'm talking to an old soul. I know I'm too old for him. I have kids older than he is, but it's just something about him, and I can't put my finger on it that attracts me to him. I invited him over yesterday, and beyond my better judgment, I let him kiss me. 
it felt so good. He felt like he really, really wanted to be with me. But it wasn't a sexual thing where he was groping me. He caressed my face. He stroked my hair. He whispered that he always wanted me in my ear. I had to catch myself a couple of times because I could have easily fallen for him. I've never been into younger men by no stretch of the imagination. But for this guy, I don't know what it is about him. It's something that's like a magnet. He's coming over later on tonight. And he told me he wanted to do something. And I asked him what. I'm thinking sexually, of course. He started writing a book. And he read a few words from it. And I found it intriguing and very interesting. He was an A student in my class. But I never thought it would ever circle back to this. I'm just curious as to whether or not this has legs for me to pursue. I don't want to be an old fool if you know what I mean. Lisa. Massachusetts. Lisa, I think what's happened is this. I think you have never been pursued or admired by by a man. I think you've been charmed and intrigued by one. But I think what you have here is someone who desires you, and you're probably looking at it from the standpoint that you're an older, you know, retired teacher, and you're dealing with this young student but now he's a graduate. And I don't know what level of education you teach, but I'm only assuming it's either high school or college. But in any case, being that you're retired, it could very well be the right thing for you. But being that he's been very respectful of you is a plus. I think you love the attention, the charm, And it's kind of bringing you back nostalgically to a period in your life. Now, practically, you know, uh, if you told your kids about this, there would be problems, of course. But it could very well be that this young man is genuinely into you and not into what you have. Whatever he's doing, he's doing the right things to get to you. He's already gotten to you cerebrally and he's going for your emotions. Now, being that he's bringing over a book that he's writing to get your expertise on it, I'm assuming that you're probably an English teacher, or was one, he's going to wind up romanticizing you. And this is the thing that's getting you, because you're romantic at heart, and he's one. That's your nexus. Now, he's giving you full control in this relationship by not doing anything inappropriate with you. So, the thing is, even though I know you want to put up your upper lip and adhere to your standards, nothing's wrong with that. But you can't discriminate against him if he's falling within your standards of respect and everything else. And if age is the issue, and that's the only issue, 
and not his maturity, you may have something. See, the problem with most women that date younger men, they're dealing with that element of his immaturity, and that's what turns them off. But if he's coming across as a mature man, you can already sustain yourself financially. He has a future ahead of him since he has an education. So he has room to grow, potential to make more money than you made. So, in that respect, it might be a go for you. But I would say tread softly and understand a couple of things. One, he's young and impressionable, so there's a good possibility this may be an infatuation. And then, there's another aspect of this. You have to look at your 58. You'll be 60 in two years. I just turned 60 day before yesterday. So, in that respect, you have that to look forward to. What I'm saying day before yesterday, yesterday I turned 60. So, in this regard, you really have something that may lead to something special. Now, you need to establish a couple of things up front about longevity of the relationship. Because most December May relationships do fail, and they usually fail within 10 years. Now, that also depends on the age gap. People that are married, when a woman is five years older, the relationship lasts longer. When they're 10 years or more older than the young man, they're more short term, about two to three years. So you're going to have to really work at this if the two of you want it to last. You need to explain to him some of the changes that are going to take place in you. You won't be able to maybe get up and do exhilarating things as quickly. But I think what this young man is trying to do is to take you back to a place in your life where he can slow himself down and you can go and run around the track for one more lap. Don't be surprised if this guy winds up being a Casanova for you. Just keep your eyes open and let him know up front that certain things that you are one man or woman and that he would have to be monogamous, etc., etc. I just got a feeling that this kid is starting out with you on that level. And I don't see him veering off. I could be wrong, but I would love to have you on the show. I've sent you a link. Take care. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. 
the opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.